0: of your job matter. And this is going to be a fascinating episode. Yeah, I didn't put you to sleep with the word logistics. I'm Matt Robeson with my co-host Mike Morton of Morton Financial Advice and the sole host, the co-host of Financial Life Planning. We're also in the Beyond Politics podcast. Mike, despite the use of the word logistics, it's a great word, fantastic word. Yeah.
1: What do you mean the logistics of your job matter? First, I'm so excited that I continue to get to be the co-host of my own show. I didn't screw up too badly last time.
0: (laughs) Well, this is a trial period, man. Uh, Okay. Oh, it's got a little asterisk. Let's see how it goes.
1: A little asterisk next to it. (laughs) Yeah, you might get demoted in your own show. I'm the interim. I'm the interim (laughs) co-host. We'll see what the real permanent position.
0: (laughs) You come out of a business background. Don't sometimes CEOs like get fired from the the company that they themselves started that's
1: right they try to keep them on as like in the board oh you can have a board seat (laughs) but you can't run this company anymore yeah look i've been talking to the board by the way i have a degree in economics and i've
0: hosted a business show with chris hill of the motley fool and i'm still not sure i fully understand the functioning of a board but anyway yeah we've been talking to the board at morton financial advice and you're on thin ice man
1: oh boy oh It's trouble. It's trouble with your boss
0: and your boss is not happy with your performance. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Your imaginary board made up of uh, your wife and children. Okay, all right. So listen, wait, logistics. what do you mean the logistics of my job matter? All right,
1: here's the thing, man. So there's a lot of logistics. I don't know another word to use of your job, right? Like you have a you have to go to the office. Your office is here, so you have to commute to the office. You have to work this amount of, of weeks during the year. You only get a couple weeks off. Maybe your job is flying. You got to fly around to see people, or you're on phone. You're in sales. You're on the phone all the time. There's logistics. Of your job, not just the actual job, what you do, but just all those commutes and phone calls and whatever it is that are part of the job. Okay. And that stuff really matters. Mm. So when you are contemplating your current job, a future job, a transition, make sure you pay attention to. What the logistics of the job, how far do I have to commute? How many days do I need to go in there? And this, of course, Matt, we'll get into it. It Was all brought about by COVID. actually not all brought about by COVID. But now people are well more aware of it because there is a lot more. It was the kerosene
0: on the fire. Yeah, but You're I brought saying, this right?
1: up. Yeah, I was going to say I brought this up because. This is something I did for my current job, so we can talk about that, but the, the designing the logistics of what kind of job I wanted to have was really important to me. And as I talked to my clients and other friends, you know, and because of COVID, people are now more aware and thinking about, what is this job? How much am I gonna have to go to the office and commute in? And that was never really a topic before, but I think people were missing it, and now it's, people are keeping it front and center.
0: Have you seen a change during the course of the pandemic and how your clients talk to you about how they think about job decisions based
1: on logistics? Are you seeing this effect in real time? (laughs) Absolutely, man. It's the whole like in the office or not. How many days am I gonna have to go in? Ooh, my job's now like making me go in more, another extra day or this new job I'm, I'm considering here's where the office is, and, the, and their current policy is three days a week in the office. And then who's in the office? Like I have some friends that are younger and single, and they're like, oh, I like going to the office, like it's a new job, I'm trying to you know meet people, get experience, but yet they're only requiring people to be in there like one or two days a week, and it's totally empty all the time. So there's the, the flip side. But yeah, this is definitely a topic, especially around the commute and the office that is now very prevalent.
0: So you're not implying that the joke about the millennial generation that they're all a bunch of delicate doilies who don't want to
1: actually do any work and they need like a mental health day every other day? Yeah, that that's a different podcast, but I'm happy to record that one as well because it's totally <laughs> insane. <laughs>
0: Well, they did a whole South Park about it where like the kid gets a, like Cartman gets a job in the ice cream store and then like immediately is, yeah, I need a mental health day. I'm going to work from home and it's, it's an ice cream shop. You can't work from home. Anyway, so how do you then go about, is this something that people come to you for advice about or is it you just find yourself working with people who this is just much more front and center in their lives?
1: Yeah, no, it's more just if you're in that point of thinking about, especially job transition, or your current job situation. I'm just highlighting the logistics really make a big difference, all right? Mm. So let me tell you a story about how I landed in my current job as a financial planner, financial advisor. I was, this is seven, eight, nine years ago, contemplated, what am I gonna do next? I've had like four or five different careers <laughs> so far in my life. And I was like, what am I gonna do next? Should I start another business? Should I do this kind of business or a service business or product or, I don't know. I was exploring opportunities, right? So I was talking with a bunch of people, getting information, thinking about different ideas, writing it all down. One of the things I was that I wrote down and I thought about is the logistics. Will I be working from home? Will I have to have an office? Will I have to have employees? What's my time gonna be? Is this gonna be a 80 hour a week you know, kind of thing? Or is it gonna be five hours a week and kind of build it up? So there's different elements of the logistics that I had a whole separate Word document about how I wanted to live because let's bring in my picture, right? stay at home dad for a while. My kids were very young, but they're getting older. So it was like, Ooh, I'm going to get to go back to work. So what mm-hmm. kind of work is it going to be? But I still need to be available during the school day, right? In case something comes up, a kid's homesick, sick, or I get a call. So that was a big logistic for me. Like I have to be home and available for that. I didn't want to do a startup company and work 80 hours a week because my wife also has her career. And we both were both gonna be working. And so I didn't wanna have a massive kind of startup thing. So I wanted it to be less hours. I also wanted to be flexible hours. I wanted to decide like, I love to work. I love to do stuff, but I'd like to do it in the evenings or on the weekends or whatever it is. That was a big, that was a big piece for me as well. And finally, Matt, I didn't wanna work for anybody else. So it wasn't gonna be me taking a job (laughs) for somebody else. Uh, The board's not gonna wanna hear this. (laughs) That's right.
0: One of the interesting threads in what you just said is your recognition of the fact that you are making these decisions in the context of not just your family but your spouse and i think that i i would suspect that for a lot of our listeners and for a lot of your clients that's a really important aspect of this and it reminds me of i don't know you could call it a life hack like the kids do these days but one of the best life hacks that I learned from a mutual friend of ours and and his very intelligent wife was they think about their household as like a little country. Oh, this yeah, is I love what this. I call the, G, the GDP model of your life. Think about the gross domestic product of your household. And his point was, he has a, a corporate job and he earns a, a, a pretty good salary and, that's a very important part of their household GDP. You need to earn enough for your financial goals, your life goals, etc. Yep. But they also have goals as a couple of taking care of their children. They also have goals as a couple of doing some good in the world and, and doing some work that has a social conscience to it. And so the insight that they had that I found so fascinating is when you're in a partnership, when you're in a marriage, You can think of your household output not as your single output, but as your joint household GDP. And so she has a job that was a little bit more flexible in terms of where she worked and also had a strong degree of social conscience that was a little less present in his. And I found that perspective really informed me in my own kind of job and career design was thinking about I have and have in recent years had young children. And my wife and I realized, look, nowadays you need at least one parent with a certain amount of flexibility. I love working from home, but I especially love it because just a certain percentage of days, there's going to be a call from school. hey, your kid needs to be picked up. Or, hey, your kid's got a thing today and someone's <laughs> right. got to drive at an unusual time. Or, any number of things can come up. One of the things that I've realized, like this comes up in a budgeting context all the time. It's, oh, we had an extraordinary expense last month, but we won't have that expense next month. Uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have some other freaking expense <laughs> yeah, <that's> next right. <laughs> month. And you have to plan for that in your lives as well. It's last month, so-and-so had a band concert. So right. that threw off our whole schedule. Yeah, there's gonna be another fricking thing next yep. month. So you might as well, <laughs> y- you've got to incorporate that into your whole job design. So anyway, There were two big thoughts in there. One is this GDP model I found incredibly helpful and it really, it it made me feel better. I think it made my wife feel better. It's here's the total amount that we have to get done. Let's do it as a team. And we're both providing different parts of it. And then the other part is just, like, planning for the fact that, like, the unexpected is actually quite expected.
1: Very expected. Oh, my gosh. It's making me laugh because I get this all the time from my clients. Oh, yeah, we had this one big-time expense, one-time expense last year, and that won't happen again. And I'm just, like, rolling my eyes. (laughs) Okay. I'm sure it won't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But meanwhile, maybe I should plan for that. (laughs) Right. So let me ask you a question, Matt. Cause I love the GDP and I got some answers too, but I first want to hear from you. So with you and your family unit, what is, what are some examples or an example where you have split some tasks, not the the financial we got. And I love that one of them was working in that corporate job. So bringing in kind of the money side so the other person could do more other stuff. So what are some of the examples that you have where you split some of those for your economic unit?
0: It's a lot of day to day stuff. I tend to do more of the cooking. My wife tends to do more of the dishes. I tend to be the outreach and coordination member of the couple. If we have yep. to make plans, if we have to arrange things for our kids, if I have yep. to text, like, my kids' mom, my, my kids' friend's mom, be like, when are they getting together? That's my job. Putting it on the calendar is my wife's job. And over time, We've had the GDP model also inform our finances uh, because we have an overall kind of financial need and, and, and budget. And we've seesawed from time to time. Each of us has earned more of the money in the household. Mm-hmm. And that's been for various reasons. My wife's a doctor. And so, you know, when you're a doctor, you go through residency. And that's a period where you're not making as much money. There are times where there may be a job shift going on. And so there was a period where I was earning a lot more. And that was intentional. We split things both financially and responsibility-wise. I'd say we take kind of equal share in a lot of the, like, parenting tasks with different flavors on it. But now, because I work from home and I have a much more flexible schedule, I tend to be the on-call parent for, hey, your kid's got a fever. You got to come pick them up from school. Hey, your kid's got a thing. Um, who's going to drive right. the kid to the thing? And it just, it, it kind of works out that way. But, you know, it look, it makes me feel better. Uh, honestly, it makes me feel better because... I've had to let go of the, I appreciate the fact that at times I earn less between the Mm -hmm. two of us. And that, that can feel weird in a partnership, Mm -hmm. but realizing that that's not the only thing that our little nation state has to accomplish. There's a lot we have to accomplish. And if you're earning less, but you're accomplishing other things that need to get done it's it's an equal partnership and so yeah. anyway that's how we do it what about you
1: yeah you know it, it's funny because it, very similar in terms of like the social coordination met that's that's on my plate <laughs> you know although I have to put it into the calendar as well so I don't know how you managed to offload oh you got piece the calendar it. job oh, yeah I've got the calendar job also wow you know what it reminds me of is that everything is not equal between two different humans and so not the obvious, like maybe one person's making more salary than the other, but the thing that's, that you don't understand is some things, some people really hate doing. There are certain tasks that some people yeah. really hate doing and you might not mind doing it, all right? So I think for instance, social coordinating is one, but another one is, oh, taking my kids to events or taking my kids shopping. So sitting at like sporting events, my son plays baseball, and let me tell you, when you've Ooh. got like a bunch of eight-year-olds playing baseball, not that he's oh. eight anymore. Outsource it is... that, man. <laughs> exactly. Get it some other... Pay some other parent to sit there for 10 bucks an hour. I'm, it's a, it's a long game. it's like, "Hey
0: kid, um listen, this is this is my stand-in. Pa- the, can't chat <laughs> GPT do this. Dad. It's baseball. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Baseball. Do you realize that it's not even a sport? They don't even <laughs> they have the honesty to not even call it a sport. It's a pastime and not That's a particularly right. good way to pass the time.
1: Are you ready to create your ideal lifestyle? Let's discover what's most important to you and design a plan to have more of that in your life. Go to meetmikemorton.com. All one word, meetmikemorton.com. I tell you what, it's way better now. My son's 14, almost 15. And it's real baseball now. They actually make double plays. They get home runs. It's like you get strikeouts. It's like a real thing. When you're eight or 10 and watching baseball, it's walk, 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 walk. Did you score four runs yet this inning so we can mercy the inning and get to the other team? And that's your whole three hours. Oh
0: but that, are, so these Aww. are tasks,
1: it's like you split up and I would go to these, I still go to all these things. I take the kids a lot to all their sporting events and and do the driving and, and the logistics or partnering with other families to, to do driving, who's doing drop off and pick up and those kinds of things. And it drives my wife crazy and I don't mind doing it. So those are the kinds of things, and dishes would be a classic example, cooking or shopping or dishes. Some people like just hate doing dishes, other people like, no big deal. So when you split things up, it's not always, oh, I spent 15 minutes doing this, did you spend 15 minutes doing something else? Also split along the lines of, hey, this is really easy for me, it doesn't bother me, I'm I'm happy to do that, but I hate doing this other thing, and your partner might be like, oh yeah,
0: no big deal. Can I give a little piece of advice here to newlyweds? There's an instinct, especially for strivers out there, to want to always put your best foot forward and to always do great at every task, especially when you're new in a marriage and you want your spouse to feel really good about the investment, in my case, she has just made in a life partner. And you want them to not be thinking to themselves, wow, this person's <laughs> a real dud. And so you're nervous about that and you really overachieve. Can I tell you, don't overachieve at the tasks that you don't want to own for the rest of your life. That's right. Because I, there's a reason that I'm not the calendar parent. It's because I'm bad at it. I am just stone cold crappy at that. And so my wife is, no, please don't touch the calendar. You're just going to screw it up. I will do the calendar. This is great. Win-win. I'm not saying that I intentionally sandbagged any tasks. I didn't because I wasn't smart enough to know to do that. That's right. But if you're the kind of person, there are two routes you can take here. You can have open communication in your marriage and say, dear I hate laundry. If that could be your task, I would happily do X and such in exchange. That's, of course, what you should do. But there's also the sneakier version of this, which is just be crappy. Like, just be bad at the laundry. And your wife will say, yeah, Yeah. I'm going to do this one from now on. Yeah,
1: shrink a few clothes or (laughs) just leave the pile growing for
0: a while. (laughs) I feel like yeah, we just either. had an NBC PSA, The More You Know and like the Golden Star is going across the sky. That's right. Okay. <laughs> so you were talking about logistics though. Any other considerations that, that you throw in as you talk to your clients, as you think about your own setup, you know, yeah. about how you kind of construct the the day to day of your work life to make it work for you.
1: Yeah, so we did we talked about the literal logistics, commuting office, does this job require being away from the family, those kinds of things. But also think about the, envi- the things that you will be doing, the logistics of the job that you will do and how enjoyable those are. Will you be working on like cranking away on spreadsheets all day and you love dealing with spreadsheets and you hate meetings and talking to people? Will you get to do a whole bunch of that? Or do you love working with people and like you love going around and, and communicating and doing that? So think about those kinds of logistics how they fit in with your family life, the, the time management logistics, but also the energy, the the work that you'll be doing and the energy that you'll be getting from it. Again, another example I was doing uh, I was a professional woodworker for a while building furniture and this was a really cool design task and also physical task um, and creative task, but it was always by myself in my workshop. It's not like I had employees or anybody. It was just me making furniture. And I really missed being with people. So that was a big piece of the logistics for my next job is I want to work with more people and have that because it brings me a lot of energy communicating with people, helping people, being with people. So there's one example of your job or how you want to set up the, you know, whatever it is you're working on to bring in everything to have an environment that you're going to super enjoy
0: it just reminds me so much of the greatest skit in the history of Saturday Night Live when Keenan Thompson does his big poppy impression and the whole conceit of it is he goes on weekend update and he pretends to be talking about his post retirement by the way for our listeners who don't know who big poppy is i know this is ironic because i just dunked on baseball right to mix sports <laughs> right. metaphors for a second i just called baseball essentially like satan's favorite pastime and it it is but I love David Ortiz. David Ortiz is amazing. I got to meet him. He's every bit the like jolly, awesome human being in person that you see on TV anyway. So the whole joke on SNL is that Keenan Thompson does a big poppy impression where he talks about what he's doing post-retirement. And the best one is he's come up with a website to meet people. And he basically says, Do you want to meet some people? Go outside. There's a lot of people. And it sounds like that's what you really needed in your last job is go outside. Go you, outside. You can meet a lot of people. And you ha- the lack of going outside is, is a real bummer.
1: Well, that's the thing. When you're working in a workshop, there's, there's no going outside. Plus, I live in the middle of the woods, so I can walk around outside and barely see anybody. Do you want to meet <laughs> so, some deer? So,
0: so. An insight for me was that I don't mind commuting. Hmm. I Actually, but to be clear, I do not want to be on a bus I do not want to be on a train. I grew up in Manhattan. I rode the frickin' subway every day to school. (laughs) I did not like it. Once there was a conductor that came over the intercom, New York City subway, asking, which track are we supposed to go on? And the other conductor comes on. They didn't mean, I think, for this to be on the PA. They meant for this to be on their internal comms. And he said, try eeny, meeny, miny, (laughs) moe. And all of us are looking at each other. Do not do that. That sounds terrible. Do not do that. Anyway, I don't want to be on a subway. I don't want to be on a bus. They smell. You're crowded. You're with lots of other people. I want to be in my bubble. I know it's bad for the planet. I want to be in my car. I want to be in my car for 30 to 40 minutes. Each way and i want to listen to a podcast i want to listen to a book a recorded book i like that time so there you go that's an insight of course I. you know why you like that
1: time matt you know why you like that time because you have three young kids and they're not with you (laughs) if you're commuting to work
0: (laughs) you know i've even made it work though with like my daughter who's 12 and now we listen to books together We like that time together in the car. And it's like we're kind of spending time together and we're listening to a book. It's very, very nice. But I don't get that in my work life because I work from home. Now you work from home. And you do silly podcasts
1: with a co-host.
0: I – well (laughs) – you know, for now, for <laughs> now, let's, right. let's see what the board thinks about our product. All right. Anything else we need to talk about? No, logistics that's it, man. Of your job?
1: no, that's it. I just think it's good to, you know, think about that. If you're in one of these transitions or you're trying to design some stuff, really think about not just job opportunity. We always focus on like the, what's the salary? What's the salary? What's the salary? What, what am I going to be doing? But it's all the other factors that to your point about the kitchen renovations, like every day, every day grinding, what's the setup of environment of your job? Uh, that's going to be right for you.
0: Awesome. All right. For Mike Morton, my board-sanctioned and approved co-host, I'm Matt Robeson. We will see you next time.
1: Thanks, Matt. Thanks for joining us on Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and rate the podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me at LinkedIn or MortonFinancialAdvice.com. I'd love to get your feedback. If you have a comment or question, please email me